15 was devastating. And maybe your goal is just to recover emotionally and spiritually. But I, I want you to write down just one. And don't put your name on it. This is between you and God. And then, we'll talk a little bit about this too, need some strategies for that one thing. Now, I've selected kind of an odd text for New Year's, Psalm 51, which is associated with David's sin with Bathsheba and his murder of Uriah. But Psalm 51 looks two directions. It begins with the past, sins and guilt and failures, and then it ends with a resolution to live for God in the future. So Psalm 51 moves from debilitating sin to invigorating life of service, and that's our aim today. And the reason I'm using this is we cannot have a new start without dealing with the old. When Jesus brought in the new covenant, he had to deal with the old covenant. And there's not going to be a new heaven and earth until the old heaven and earth has been dealt with. And nothing will be really new in our lives until we've resolved some of the old issues in our lives. So number one, starting over requires an awareness and admission of failure and my need to change. You cannot walk with God and grow in your walk with God. We cannot make genuinely new resolutions without resolving some of the old baggage. And David does that, Psalm 51, starting verse 3. He says, For I know my transgressions, my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Notice sin, sin, sin everywhere. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. I know, he says, my transgression, my sin is always before him. I am guilty. No excuses, no self-justification, no blaming my environment or my circumstances or my parents or my midlife crisis or my youthfulness or my agefulness. You know, he simply says, I have failed. The idea behind starting over is that there's some things about ourselves we are not satisfied with. There's some deficiencies. And if I decide to diet and change the way I eat, that means I first have to recognize and admit that I, what I have been eating and the way I've been eating has not been good. By the way, eating right doesn't have to be complicated. I, I love this. Nutritionists say just, you can tell how you're eating right, just eat the different colors. You know, fill your plates with the different colors, greens, reds, yellows, blues, and orange, and you'll be eating well. So I decided this year I'm going to eat more M&Ms. <laughs> See how that works. Making a diet resolution begins by saying, the way I'm living, eating, whatever, has been wrong, maybe even sin. Or my TV, my internet habits have been sinful. My attitude has been sin. Now, that sounds so negative. It's such a strong word and so bleak. But believe it or not, sin is good news. Because with sin, there's a way out. You can repent of sin. You can't repent of psychological flaws inflicted by your parents. You can't repent of being at midlife. Or you can't repent of being young or being old. You can't repent of your circumstances. You're stuck with that. But you can repent of sin. The doctrine of sin says we are not mechanical robots. We are not determined. We do make choices. And it gives us grounds for hope. Several years ago, I read about a woman preacher who attended a retreat to deal with some depression and despair she was going through. Before coming to the retreat, she had taken her struggles to a psychotherapist and wound up in bed with him. And in one of the first sessions at the retreat, she was asked, have you dealt with your sin of adultery? And a funny look came across her face, and she said, no one has ever called it that before. 
but it is sin, isn't it? Now, this is a preacher. And she said nobody in the church, none of her friends, none of the denominational officials, none of the counselors had mentioned that what she did was sin. And as soon as she confessed it, healing began. And, of course, we know big thing today is acceptance and tolerance. Don't try to change people. Just accept them. Accept yourself for who you are. We say, well, I am who I am. Well, if that's the case, then why change? Why repent or resolve to go, go a new way? The first commandment today is thou shalt not make anyone feel inferior, especially yourself. Well, if I'm okay and you're okay, why make resolutions? Why try to change anything? Why should we repent? I had a lady come to me once, and she wanted her 8-year-old daughter to be baptized and take her through a study of the gospel, uh, the gospel message. But she said, don't tell my daughter she's a sinner. Uh, do you understand why Jesus died? Do you understand the purpose of baptism? You know, the first step to newness is to admit there's been some sin in my life. My eating has been sinful. My attitude has been sin. My priorities have been wrong. And then after we've admitted, here's David, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Down verse 7. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. After he admits his sin, here's the hopeful part. Starting over is possible through the work of God. Purge me, God. Wash me. Cleanse me. Get this out of my life. Create me in a pure heart. Cleanse me with hyssop. Descend me. How many of you are really good at sin? Yeah, two of you. Uh, you know, I'm with you. I am very good at sinning, and it is so frustrating. That old nature is so strong. But here's the good news. When you read through the Gospels, the more ungodly, unwholesome, and undesirable the person, it looks like the more that person is attracted to Jesus. And the more self-righteous, self-assured, and socially desirable the person, those people were threatened by Jesus. Just the opposite of what we would assume. Some of us in the church would probably not have been comfortable around Jesus because he hung around the wrong kind of people. He doesn't hang around the winners. It looks like, for the most part, he hangs around the, the losers. Psalm 51 reminds us, that we, all of us, you and I, are losers, and if we get that, we'll be drawn to Him. I assume part of the reason you're here, you know, we know there's some deficiencies in our lives. And that, the good news is we are losers. Now, that's the, probably not politically correct, but it is correct. Create me a clean heart. I can't do it on my own. If I'm trying to start over on my own, my own human willpower, I will fail. I need supernatural help. There, there's a guy about my age and back in the 80s, you remember Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong. He was a Donkey Kong champion. And so he had that tattooed on his back shoulder. Uh, the tattoo is a big monkey, you know, big ape. And now, of course, later, a couple decades later, it looked kind of silly, so he had it removed. And he was glad to get that monkey off his back. <laughs> <laughs> Removing tattoos, as I understand, is not easy and can be painful. And Removing sin cannot, can be painful and not always easy. And you can't 
do it on your own. Someone else has to do it. The word create here is the same word used in Genesis 1. Out of the chaos of matter, God creates light, life, order, structure, and it is good. And out of the chaos of my, the way I've messed things up in this sin, he creates order, light, and structure, and life. David the adulterer becomes David the psalmist. Peter the stumbler becomes Peter the brave. Zacchaeus the taker becomes Zacchaeus the giver. Story after story of God creating new creatures. God can make us new. We can start over. Now, some of you might wonder, and I'm one of those too, if God made me new, how come I don't feel new? Uh, How come there's still so much of that old in me? There's still sin. Didn't God create a clean heart in me? I was baptized. Wasn't where my sins washed away? Well, let's say that you live in a house, and you've fairly recently moved into it, and it is infested with roaches. Now, roaches are disgusting, and they hide in the cracks and sneak out at night when it's dark, just filthy. And you invite me to come over and stay at your house one night, your roach-infested house. And before bed, I decide to get a drink of water, so I turn on the light and see the roaches scampering on the floor and on the counter. Ugh, it's gross. And my instinct is to run back to you and say, you are a dirty, filthy person. you got these roaches in your house. You disgust me, and I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And you would rightly protest, you're confusing me with my house. There is a difference. My house is my dwelling place, and I know it's full of roaches, but it's not me. The Apostle Paul talks about your flesh, your old nature, that sinful nature, is your dwelling place, but it is no longer the real you. Your house may have an infestation of sin, but you are a redeemed child of God who is learning how to clean up the house. Deep within you, you've been changed and cleaned up and been given the Holy Spirit. You are not your sin. You are not a roach. You are a child of God learning how to find freedom from your sin. Now, to get rid of roaches, you need professional help. And God says, I'll come in and do that. But you have to let him in. You have to listen to him and do what he says. Someone, says don't, someone said, don't try to deal with sin for you're sure to lose. Deal with Christ. Let him deal with your sin and you're sure to win. The key to any newness is to focus on Christ and not on the sin. And then in verse 13, he says, I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. See what he's doing? Here's another key to newness. Starting over happens when we make a commitment to honor God with our lives. David commits to doing some things. God cleanse me, and I will teach transgressors your ways. My tongue will sing of your righteousness. My mouth will declare your praise. God wants to clean the roaches, but you and I have to make a commitment that I will honor God in my life. No real change happens until we commit to that. Now that means, you know, just very practically speaking, some time with God. That means a prayer life. You have to talk to Him. It means some time in God's Word. Let Him talk to you. Get to know Him. It it means obedience to what he's wanting you to do, a willingness to turn your life over to him and to his lordship. You can't call the shots anymore. He does. Christian relationships, we see the value of community with other believers because we know we can't make it on our own. Uh, It means committing to ministry and doing service. He gives, and so we become a giving person like he is, and it means advancing his kingdom. Commit to these, and God will change you. He'll start cleaning up the house. Most changes in our lives, of course, involve changing habits. Our habits pretty much determine who we are and what we're committed to. And if you're in the habit of time with God and in His Word and relationship with others and doing ministry, you will be more of God's person. Two elderly women were fussing about their husbands, and one said, 
I do wish my Leroy would stop biting his fingers. Such a bad habit. It makes me so nervous when he does that, biting his fingernails, not fingers. <laughs> and the other one said, oh, my Elmer used to do the same thing, but I broke him of that habit real quick. What would you do? I hit his teeth. <laughs> now, you can tell that I have resolved to tell better jokes in 2016. <laughs> Maybe not. But if you have a bad habit, hide the teeth. If you have a bad habit on the Internet, take the teeth away. Bad habit of hanging around the wrong people, get away, flee, run. The Bible says flee from sin. You have to do something. That old way, that old sin will kill you. Too many of us are into sin management. We think we can manage a few little things in our life that just aren't quite right, and we don't see them as deadly. And that's what David did. Well, what's wrong with looking? What's wrong with the little us? And we know the rest of the story, adultery, murder. He lost his child to death because of it. It's destructive. At first, sin can be intriguing. It's interesting. It's inviting. I mean, that's why we call it temptation. It's tempting. It might be even fun, but you keep it around and let it grow, it'll kill you. Breaking habits, starting over, creating newness is not a one-time event. It's usually a lifelong process. Changing from a roach-infested life to God-invested life will not usually be quick. You don't expect a baby to mature immediately. It takes some time. So start where you're at, not where you're not. Don't resolve, well, I'm going to pray three hours a day from now on. No, three minutes a day might be realistic for some. We're in this process still developing. That's why I just want you to write down one thing today. Then verse 18, may please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. Number four, our hope for the new year, God brings the blessing. Verse 18, may it please you to prosper Zion and to build up the walls of Jerusalem. God will bring the prosperity. We can do all we can to have a great 2016. We can plant and water and fertilizer, fertilize, but only God gives the increase. 2016 is not in our hands, and that's okay. That's good news, too. I don't want it in my hands. God, it's your church. It's your world. It's your life, my life. It's not in, it's not in my hands, and that removes a whole lot of pressure. When I realize that this church is his church and not mine, I realize it's not up to me. I can take the attitude, Lord, I'll just do the best I can, but you have to bless it. And he will. In our family, in our personal life, Lord, I'm going to do the best I can, but you'll have to bless it. And he will, if we are faithful. I've never watched The Biggest Loser, but a lot of people do. And uh, I, I understand they try to lose weight. And later in the show, they show a before and after picture, you know, what they look like, how much weight they've lost, you know, 100, 120 pounds. Well, on one show, I understood, understand, they made the now, the newly reduced contestants carry around the weight they'd lost. Like, if they lost 100 pounds, they had to carry a 100-pound weight around. And they were huffing and puffing. Such a burden. And taking back our sin is a burden to our souls. And the Lord's Supper is a reminder that we have shed that burden. It's been washed away. Those pounds are gone. Don't take it back. You're freed from it. And carrying it around will just wear you out. The gospel is good news. Last year can be done away with. Yesterday can be washed away, made clean again. We can start over. Now, after communion today, we are going to have the offering. And I want you to put that card in the offering plate along with your communication card. 
And on this card, I just want you to be thinking, you don't have to write this, but you can. For 2016, one area of my life I would like to change. And just, you can write down one word. I wrote down one word for mine. Maybe it's in relationships, and part of your strategy would be getting into a small group. And maybe you want to honor him with money and say, I'm going to get out of debt. And then you've got to have a strategy for that. Or volunteering or praying for my neighbor and opportunities to witness to my neighbor. Or spending time daily with God in his word. Again, don't sign the card because this is between you and God. And just write down one. One thing. And then there's three things I want you to do today. You've got to act. Good intentions and writing something on a card isn't going to change anything. You've got to act. So today I want you to tell someone. Tell one other person. And maybe they'll hold you accountable you know, uh, maybe a, you're someone in your small group, maybe a spouse or a parent, whatever, tell someone and then do one thing today to begin the change. Start now and write it down on your calendar, in your journal, or whatever. What's your strategy to starting over? Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for second chances, for the promise of cleansing and the joy of newness. Thank you for the gospel. It is good news. Thank you for this new year and the chance to grow, to start over. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that comes in and begins the process of change. And Lord, we pray for you to be our leader this year. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. Sorry, I had a little trouble there. <clears throat> Our community time this morning um, comes with a, a disclaimer to start with. Uh, first, going into communion prep um, this week, my thoughts on this started uh, a, a day or two before Christmas, and uh, I put my thoughts together. I, I found a scripture that I felt really spoke with what I wanted to say this morning, and then Friday night I found out Mark was using the same scripture this morning for service. So that is not uh, that it was not by our intention, but sometimes uh, those things happen for a reason. And I realize that it's New Year's weekend, so our, our thoughts might have been kind of the same, but uh, the scripture that I'm going to share from Psalms I really love and fits in with that. And the second part of the disclaimer is, uh, despite what I say up here, if you started a New Year's revolution, resolution, revolution, wow, <laughs> if you're working on a, on a goal, a resolution for this year, I support you in that and I wish you the best with that. Um, my communion meditation will, will take away a little bit of that because my perspective is um, they seem kind of silly to me because I've already failed. Uh, see, mine was to um, eat a little healthier, be a little better about my diet, and by noon on January 1st, mine was over. So um, there was Christmas candy, there was cookies. You know, the year kind of ended with a bang, and then I just started right over, uh, right where I left off. So uh, 12 hours into the new year, this resolution that I had started was a failure. Uh, and I, and, I, and I, I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll get over it. I'll keep eating cookies and snacks. Uh, but for this morning, I started thinking about this because uh, somewhere around Christmas, a day or two before or after, my, my inbox and my news feed were filled with ways for me to be the best me I could be in 2016. Um, starting with things from uh, GNC, you know, supplements and diet pills and, and vitamins that I should just want to have because I buy some vitamins there once in a while. They exploded my inbox, and a uh, car dealership that we bought a minivan from uh, two kids ago sent me an email that said, if I bought a brand new car, 2016 would be great. Um, all these things and, and people trying to, to be the best they can be in 2016 with these things of our, of our physical world. And the one that got me truly thinking the most about what really I want to do uh, was a little letter, a little note from the uh, financial corporation that handles my retirement account that said, make 2016 the year you no longer worry about the future. Well, sign me up. <laughs> Follow these four or five little steps, and I don't have to worry about the future. Sadly, they must send that to everybody, because if they actually looked at the balances on those accounts, they would never have said that to me. So, <clears throat> but I got to thinking, these things, I can't imagine making my 2016 great where I want to be better, the things that I need to be better, the old me that I want to go away, that resolution's already been done. Our Savior, pure and perfect, hung on a cross, poured out his blood, his body broken, so that we could come to this table and rejoice in that perfect gift, take a, a, a look at ourselves and say, this is not who I am. This me that you see or that I feel here is not the me that you have called me to be. And as we heard Mark speak about our physical being, our dwelling place, not being who we are in him, that is what this new year, this new resolution, this time at this table is truly all about. He gave it all so that we could turn to him and have a new year, a new us, and every day going forward, turn of that and seek him. And so as I read again, from Psalm 51, verses 9 through 12. I just ask that you think about that as we come to this table, that 
the things that we need, the resolutions that we want to make, the person who we want to be and are called to be has already been done in him if we will just seek him. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come to your table, and we seek to be who you have called us to be, as we let go of the old that is us, the hurt, the pain, the sin that has scarred us so deep, and we seek a heart bringing glory to you. We pray, Father, that as we take this bread and this cup and remember that pure, faultless sacrifice on that cross, his body broken, his blood shed for us, help us to seek you in all that we do and bring glory to his name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.